Welcome to the Doug Peterson Show. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick and former Jaguar Jeff Lagerman discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Peterson Show starts right now. And welcome in. It's a week one edition of the Doug Peterson Show, presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles, the Jaguars and the Washington Commanders, coming up at FedEx Field this Sunday. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman and... It's Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson on the Doug Peterson Show. Welcome. Good to see you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me in. All right, so you are, are you like me, and that's for so many years that the Washington Commanders were another team and that you still have a hard time referring to them I, as the Washington Commanders? I do. I do. I mean, I grew up with the other team, obviously, yeah. that we can't name, but um, the Washington football team, now to the Washington Commanders. It, it is hard because there's a lot of – Listen, there's a lot of tradition there in that in that city with that with that organization, and that's just what I remember. Yeah, I, I mean, I grew up in Northern Virginia watching Dave Butts and Art Monk and Daryl Green, and I mean, all those guys and and the Hogs, John yeah, Riggins, so I, and, I, and, and I guarantee you, <laughs> at some Seisman. point, yeah, at some point, I'm going to screw up and I'm going to refer to them by their previous name. That's right. That's right. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, you're back in the grind now. Regular season mode. Did you miss this part of being a head coach last year? The the game prep, the you know Wednesday Thursday practices, getting your team ready for a game. You do miss it. Um, you do miss the game planning. You do missing you know putting putting your players and, and really scheming for your top guys on offense and and obviously defense as well. But for me, offensively, putting our guys in position and getting in there with the coaches and breaking down the tape and watching the film and and putting a game plan together and executing it on the field and. You know that that to me is what I miss the most about uh, you know weeks like this. And, and partly this is different because you have a new staff. I mean, you've got a first-time defensive coordinator. How excited are you to see the dynamics of your coaching staff go to work? Very excited. You know, you spend a lot of time um, putting together a staff and, and interviewing a lot of guys, and, and and then coming up with the guys you have and. You know, and how how they've performed, you know, in in training camp and the things we've done, even you know through the preseason games. But now, you know, now things matter. You know, attention to detail becomes um, you know adamant and paramount. And and uh, but but just being able to you know watch these coaches, these young first time coordinators, really dive into the game, making adjustments, making um, you know decisions, game time, real time, all that stuff that that uh, you know obviously I've been used to as a play caller and a head coach, but. Uh, just looking forward to watching these guys kind of kind of cutting them loose as well, just like the players. And I think also first game action, there's a lot of different things. I mean, you guys have worked the comfort zone, kind of, so to speak, in the preseason, figure out where your coaches are going to be. But also in the first game, there's a lot of things that are revealing from a player standpoint. You kind of have an idea of what your players can do, but now you're going to see for real what they can and can't do. You know, I think the biggest thing is is the conditioning aspect of it, right? Because this is the first time that these starters are going to go for 60 minutes. You know, they – um, they're they're in the preseason defensively. I think they played one half together. Offense went into the, you know, a half, maybe a little bit in the third quarter. So playing sixty minutes is going to be uh, very important to their to their conditioning and watching these guys perform that way. So, you know, everything we do during the week matters. It all leads up to game time. Obviously, coaches and players and preparing them, and um, you know, getting the most out of them on on Sunday. Head coach Doug Peterson with us on the Doug Peterson Show. First week surprises can happen uh, in the middle of a game. And you talked about, Jeff, the, the coaching staff and the new adjustment there. But if the opponent pulls out something you haven't really planned for, it's the in-game adjustment. How do you 
How do you factor that in week one? That's something you just really can't plan for. A lot. Well, and, and and I think a lot of teams are you know week one just sort of. I don't, you're, not, you're not guessing, but there's always going to be the unscouted look, you know, week one. That's something that the, the, your opponent has worked on through training camp, through the offseason. Um, and if it hits us, then, then we've just got to go to work and roll up our sleeves, make the adjustments either, you know, on the sideline or at halftime, you know, when we get time to get with our players. But you know, those, those are going to happen early in the season. Um, and, and, and honestly, I, I know this, the ones that can kind of handle it. And, and really, you just focus on your job and just focus on – your your rule set right and your technique and just rely on that and the scheme and 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 for the most part that usually takes care of itself you know in, in times like that how much do you preach to the team about preparing for dealing with that in a game as far as hey look we're, we might see some things that uh, we're not prepared for but but we'll be as prepared for them as we can so let's just not panic we'll talk about it and the importance of communication in the game itself. You want to come give that message? <laughs> Did I do a good job right there? That's exactly what we talk about, though. I mean, that's yeah. that's just it right there. You know, you just got to have a conversation with your players. Like, look, guys, things are going to come up. Things are going to happen. You might see a different formation on offense that we haven't scouted. There might be a pressure on defense that we haven't scouted. But we don't panic. Just trust your rules. You know, go through quarterback. If you need to get us out of it, get us out of it. Get us into something. I'm okay punting the football if that's the case on on you know on third down into fourth down and and same way defensively if if, if it means getting out of a man coverage to a zone coverage um, just to to minimize say the damage you do that right and and that's just trusting your scheme and trusting your technique in those situations. Let's get into Trevor Lawrence now, Jaguars quarterback from when you arrived here and first got your hands on him on the practice field in April. To now, days away from the opener, how has he grown and how has, he, how has his mastery of the offense improved over those months? I've been real impressed on how he's attacked the offseason, the training camp, and obviously early, early part of this season. And, and, you know, he's really embraced what we've brought him. you got to understand, he's, you know, third head coach, third offensive coordinator, third position coach in three years, and, and that's tough on any player and any team. And he's really handled it extremely well and, and – you know, I, I think that's one of the things I, I appreciate about Press Taylor and Mike, Mike McCoy, myself. I mean, we actually want his feedback. We want him to interject what he likes and, and, and what he's comfortable with so that we can build a plan around that. And, and um, you know, he's, he's done an outstanding job running and managing the offense, um, protecting the football, you know, and those are all things that uh, uh, early in the season, early into the regular season have, have got to be, you know, first and foremost is just protection of the ball, um, and, and getting us in and out of the, the right place at the right time. Turnover differential, obviously, is always critical in every game. It's the single most determinant factor in every game, But and obviously you want them to protect the ball. The one thing that I love watching from a film standpoint so far in the preseason is that the guys that he's dealing with from Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, uh, James Robson, the cast of, of weapons that he has around him, total pros total pros and when you have a young quarterback to be able to have some guys that are all about ball around him that has to be comforting for you and him well and, and for Trevor you know a young quarterback he doesn't feel like he's got to do everything himself right he, he's got guys that are as you mentioned and I've seen the same thing they're true professionals they work at their craft there's a lot of dialogue on and off the football field about things and you know that just that just kind of calms your quarterback down, um, whether it be in practice, but obviously in games when, when uh, you know they they've discussed things and they're on the same page and 
I, I think it's so important, and, and it really helps the development of your young quarterback, you know, in times like that. And then, of course, as play callers, we can we can also help there. But but these guys are, are tremendous pros. Um, throw in a guy like Brandon Scherf, I mean, up front, you know, Cam Robinson's coming into his own now. Um, and, and it just really helps calm your guy down. Speaking of developing a young quarterback, well, you did that with Carson Wentz, who's on the other side, of course, this week with Washington. How different of a player is he now compared to those early days in Philadelphia, now his third stop in the NFL? Well, I think he's, he's learning from each, each place he's been, right? He's learning uh, from his time in Philly and time in Indy. And, and you know, one of the things that I've always appreciated about Carson is leadership ability and how he, how he leads the, the group in the locker room. And, you know, and he's, he's a hard worker. He's going to be the first one on the field. He's going to be the last one off. He's always trying to get better, you know, which, which I appreciate. And, you know, as a player, and he's a smart guy. He's going to look at everything that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done, the, the, the Colts have done, obviously what we did in Philly, and, you know, and, and, and look at all of that. And, and he's going to be, he's going to be well prepared. That's just, that's just who he is. And, and, you know, you, you see, you see the improvement in his, in his game. Obviously, he's a big, strong, physical guy that's hard to sack and hard to bring down. And those are all, you know, uh, attributes in his game that, that make him a good quarterback. And so we, we've got our work cut out for us uh, on Sunday. First game for, for a lot of guys on your football team, uh, whether it be with a new team, veteran guy, making or start like a sheriff, but then also, you know, a Trayvon Walker, a Devin Lloyd. I just remember some of the early experiences of my career and walking out of the tunnel and seeing Lawrence Taylor leaning up against the wall. I was like, oh my God, that's <laughs> Lawrence, wake you Taylor. Up. <laughs> Lawrence Taylor. You know? And uh, so how do you kind of calm it down a little bit for for some young players on your roster you know you just you just talk to them and say hey listen guys the field is the same dimension that you played on in college who's your reference here you know and and it's the same the hash marks might be a little tighter and that's about it but you know it's still a bunch of white lines and and uh it's 11 on offense 11 on defense so you know we just talk just talk them through it and, and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be emotional you know it's the emotions are gonna run high but at the same time, to how how we control those emotions early, um, and don't get too overly aggressive at times, and just again, just play within yourself. And and you gotta you gotta think too. Some of these guys, they've played in big moments, they've played in big games in college. So this this may not be quite as big as we think to some of them. Doug, uh, thanks for the time. Good luck to you this week, and uh, let's get a win in Washington. How yes, sir. That? Thanks for having me, guys. That's head it. coach Doug Peterson. Back with more in a moment. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show, presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, our thanks to head coach Doug Peterson, joining us in week one. The Commanders and the Jaguars coming up. Some interesting thoughts there. You know, first time out, you're going to see a lot of different things. You just trust what you've been teaching this whole preseason. And uh, roll, as Steve Winwood would say, just roll with it, baby. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the the term unscouted looks again pops up. Mm-hmm. You know, we heard that at his press conference recently, and then he talked about it again, and that's kind of how it is in week one. And, and I thought he said something interesting. You know, you know, you teach them the rules, and then if there are some things that they are not prepared for that they haven't seen directly, then they follow the rules. And what the rules are will get you through. And that's uh, I think that's uh, awesome that he, he emphasizes that because – that can calm people down. You know, sometimes you have a little bit of nerves because you 
may see some things that you're not used to seeing. A lot of some guys are they freak out when they see something different. You know, they're creatures of habit. You know, they got to see it to you know to to understand it and to be able to react. And some guys can handle an unscouted look better than another. And uh, so. So that it's good that he's talked about it. It's good that he recognized it, and it's good that he's preaching to his football team because I think that's important, especially for week one. I, the, the the matchup this week against Carson Wentz, I mean, obviously they, they go back a long way, and it was interesting to hear his take on Carson Wentz and what he can uh, do when things are going well and when things aren't going so well. Well, and, and and Doug's a pro. He's not going to criticize Carson Wentz, but uh, I think everybody knows that that relationship didn't end well in Philadelphia. But it is what it is, and uh, you know, I guess that uh, the, the direction that they felt they needed to go was a little bit different, and I totally understand that. But uh, but I appreciate how both of them have have reacted and how they've handled that since then. They've both been. I think but when I say both Carson and Doug both have been excellent about that and been total professionals about that situation. But I can guarantee you behind closed doors, Doug Peterson is, is will reveal some maybe not so complimentary things to his defensive coordinator saying, hey, Mike, you know, here, here's what I think he doesn't do very well and here's what doesn't sit well with him and here's the pressures that we've seen bother him more than others through the years. I mean, and a lot of that stuff is on film and it, that's available to a lot of different people, but not with the firsthand experience that Doug has had directly with Carson Wentz. Wentz. All right. Uh, defensive coordinator, Jeff Lagerman. Huh. How do you, how do you affect Carson Wentz? Well, I said this before and that I'm a big believer in making sure that a mobile quarterback stays without the mobile factor. And how do you do that? You make sure that you corral him in the pocket, keep him in the pocket. Carson Wentz can do more damage to you outside the pocket, I think, than he can do in the pocket. So you got to make sure that you're you're teaching and preaching what I call rush lane responsibility, and that even if you're blitzing or or uh, if you're just bringing a four man pressure, that everybody needs to be in their lane. And a lot of times that can restrict people as far as how aggressive they are in rushing the passer. What do I mean by that? Well, you don't want people just bull rushing and then, you know, squeezing the pocket and not trying to beat a guy on an edge or nothing. I mean, you have to take your, your shots, but you also have to make sure that you're taking a shot within, within the design of your pass rush lane. And so you can accomplish both. But you want to keep him in a pocket. You want to minimize any kind of any kind of damage that he uh, is able to do outside the pocket. When if he can extend the play and get outside the pocket, then you stress coverage. I think it was interesting, and he talked about you know with unscouted looks. And I think this applies also for a mobile quarterback. Sometimes you may dial it back. I think he used the term and that play a zone instead of a man to minimize mm-hmm. the damage. I think was his quote. Well, it's a similar type of situation in that. If you're playing man, your back is turned to the quarterback. So it's kind of hard to react if Carson Wentz decides to tuck it and run it when you've got your back turned and you're covering a guy going down the field or wherever. If you're playing more of a zone concept, it's a little bit easier to react to his mobility. And the zone coverage is also 
a little more of an insurance policy to prevent big plays. So could this team be a little bit more zone in this game? Maybe. You know, but again, we don't know the book on Mike Caldwell. Yeah, that's right. That's another part of this uh, game, too. This is a receiving crew with Washington. The three starters are all Big Ten guys, two Ohio State players, McLaurin and Chris Samuel. And then Jahan Dotson was a first-round pick out of Penn State this year. Uh, but McLaurin just signed a big deal in the offseason, three-year extension, $71 million up to that number. Um, you know, and, and Mike Caldwell said today in his comments with the media, the Jaguars defensive coordinator, that uh, as of right now they're not planning on shadowing anybody with him. Uh, it would be a left and right situation. Well, but- I, I would tell the media that too if I was planning on shadowing. <laughs> Right? I guess I, so. Why, yeah. I mean, why would you give away your game plan yeah. in a press conference? Um, so don't believe everything you hear. So could they? Sure. They could put Tyson Campbell on McLaurin. Could they put Shaq Griffin on McLaurin? Sure. You know, there's there's nothing to, you know, by him saying we're not going to travel, I, I mean, if you're the – Coaches up in Washington, are you going, hey, man, did you hear that they're not wow. traveling? Okay. Oh, whew, that's yeah. good, you know. Okay, since they're not traveling, we're going to do this. No. You're, you're going to s- sit there and go, I don't believe what he's telling the media. Let's just wait and see what he does because he may, right? I mean, did Tampa travel at times? So you never know. Let's come back in a moment. A little offensive talk. Running backs in the spotlight this week. And and just real quick for clarification, there might be some people that are curious, what does he mean by traveling? Traveling is if a defensive back like Tyson Campbell, for example, you want to put Tyson Campbell on McLaurin, no matter where McLaurin goes, you're going to take Tyson Campbell, and he's going to go to that side. Or like Jalen Ramsey when he was here. You Follows, put Jalen right. on, on the best guy that the opposition had. That's called traveling. And uh, could the Jaguars do that this week? We don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. Offensive talk, running backs, and a big matchup for the Jaguars' offensive line this week. It's the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back to the Doug Peterson Show rolling along. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. We heard from head coach Doug Peterson earlier in our program tonight. The Jaguars face the Washington Commanders Sunday at FedEx Field. And it is the return of two Jaguars running backs. Travis Etienne Jr. should make his NFL regular season debut in season number two for him in the league. He was injured last preseason. Had a Liz Frank issue, a a midfoot injury, and missed the entire season. He should be back and ready to go. He feels like he's in great shape. It sounds like he's in a good headspace also and ready to roll. He's had a great preseason. And then James Robinson, after tearing an Achilles with two games to go in last season, well, he's back. He's good to go, and he's going to play Sunday. It's a pretty remarkable turnaround. After what eight and a mo- eight and a half months since the injury and Achilles injury to be back on the field playing week one, and it was interesting listening to him talk about how the last couple weeks have really made all the difference in the world, and that he wasn't quite sure, but he said, you know, you you put a day together, and then 
see how it feels the next day, yeah. and then it felt okay. So then, okay, now you you take another step and push a little bit more. You know, c- credit to him. I really do hope that he gets the start on Sunday just because of all the hard work. Look, both of them, both Travis Etienne and James Robinson have put in a tremendous amount of hard work in their rehab process. And so have the the athletic trainers. Oh, the staff's been outstanding. And, guys, yeah. and kudos to them. I talked about them, I think, last week a little bit. And, uh, and I wanted to mention them on the show. Robbie, who is their rehab specialist, does a great job. And I've actually had Robbie actually help rehab one of my shoulders one time and was tremendous. And James Robinson to come back from Achilles and for him to be back, you know, because he got the injury two weeks before the end of the season last year and to be back ready to go in week one, wow, uh, tremendous deal. And then Travis Etienne from the get-go in training camp has had no limitations. Yeah, wide open. After a Liz Frank, which a Liz Frank is an extremely painful midfoot sprain. It's no joke. I mean, he said he has a screw in his foot. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not like he just had a little fracture. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, so I, I really do hope that James Robinson gets the start just from the standpoint of, look, he's been a – the the one really bright spot with this offense the last couple of years. And then last year, the level of disrespect that was shown to him, I thought, was just appalling. And yeah, you forget a little bit of that. Yeah, that's right. He, he, he was uh, not at the top of their list, let's say. Yes. It, it was ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> and remember, Trevor had to come to his, you know, in the press conference basically and say, hey, we've got to have him out of here. It was uh, it was uh, right. I, I I couldn't I just couldn't understand any of that. But for me, I think it would be a a gracious and significant act if if he were to to get the first snap. I mean, to get the start. And I know Doug talked about his press conference. Well, we'll see what package and what we're going to do. You know, if I'm if I'm making that call. Hey, 25 is going to be out there on the first snap. I don't care what package we're doing, okay? He's he's uh he's going to be our our bell cow. He's going to guy that's going to be carrying the load, and uh, you know kudos for you for your hard work and a significant injury. And I'm not trying to compare the two, but the reality is coming back from an Achilles is a I think is a lot harder than coming back from a a Liz Frank. Not that either one of them are easy. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, anything down there, especially with a running back, it starts it's with major. a feet. Right? It's major. It's major. So, anyway, I, those those guys, and, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they, how they put both of them on the field. You know, do they do it one at a time? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a package where uh, they're both out uh, there? Uh, I like that. I had the personnel groupings with the offense. You know, are we going to see – both of them on the field and a couple tight ends. I mean, you just Oof. don't know. That's the unscouted looks. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of unscouted looks and that the Jaguars will have this week would be my guess. They'll have some. And they will keep some of them in their pocket for the next couple weeks. Hey, you don't want to throw them all out there week yeah. one. You yeah, know. you want to have a little bit of surprises in store in the coming weeks. Let's come back and get into the offensive line. Some changes there this season for the Jags and quite a matchup in week one against Washington. This is the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.
Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman, Joe Fortunato, David Cho, Brent Reber, Kate Waski handles our ads, William Pease handles our podcasts. Glad you're with us on the Jaguars Radio Network. It's week one. The Jaguars face the Washington Commanders at FedEx Field. You know, when you think about the Washington franchise over the years, you, know, you walk through the Hall of Fame, there's a bunch of those guys in there, yes, um, in Canton, Ohio, and there's also one of the um, the Hoggett's outfits that's in one of the lockers. I remember <laughs> seeing that. But you think offensive line, right? Washington, and that's what they are. Well, for the Jaguars' offensive line, they're going into Washington this week against a defensive front um, that even without Chase Young, a uh, fantastic young player in the league, a pass rusher. They still have some guys up front in Washington that can, that can do some damage. And it's a Jaguars offensive line that has some new pieces, a new uh, rookie center. They've got, after a battle at right tackle, it's the incumbent. Jawan Taylor is going to start there. Uh, left guard is new. I mean, there's a lot of uh, – this is a big test week one. By, by the way, can you name me the five members of the Hawks? I cannot. You can't? Sorry. Uh, I, I don't think I can either. Bostick and Grimm. Okay, Bostick was the center. Grimm, and which uh, Russ Grimm's son is actually the safeties coach on this staff now. Right. J- Joe Jacoby was the left tackle. Um, I have to figure out the other two. But Joe's going to pull up the names of the <laughs> okay. other two because the, their names is, are escaping me right now. But anyway, this is a, this is a big matchup in this ball game, and I think it's going to have uh, a lot to do with whether this team has success or not offensively. And that's the offensive line versus the first-round picks that the Redskins, there we go again, yep. commanders have up front. It happens. And they're really good players. Jonathan Allen, I think, is the best of the bunch. Montez Sweat also is uh, right there with them as far as how good he is. They're missing Chase Young, but they're still really good. Look, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, the two defensive tackles, are about as strong of a combo as you're going to find in the National Football League. And I'm talking stout. Stout, good football players. And you have a rookie center playing in his first game ever. You have a new left guard. That's going to be a challenge. Sheriff, I don't worry about. The yeah. right guard, I mean, he's five-time pro bowler. He's been around the block. He's going against his old teammates. He knows those guys. They know him. And that's going to be a great matchup for him. The matchups that I worry about. I think Montez Sweat's going to be a challenge for Juwan Taylor. I really do. Montez Sweat is a really good football player. Jonathan Allen, when he goes to sub-nickel situations, is a right defensive tackle, which he will match up against Ben Barch. He's over there about 90% of his pass rushes. Okay, so Deron Payne is going to be on the other guy, which is Sheriff. And if you're the coaches on the Washington staff, that's the matchup you want. You want Jonathan Allen against Ben Barch. You don't want to put Jonathan Allen against Sheriff, a five-time Pro Bowler. Right, right. You don't want to do that. So this is a big game for Barch. This is a big game for Fortner because he's a young player facing really good players and a defense that's going to be able to get after it. And this could, like I said before, this could be a determining factor of whether or not this team wins or loses, how that matchup goes up front. Now, for the answer, the other two hogs, did you find the, the answer there, Joe? Hey, Joe. Two guys I don't remember. George Stark and yeah, Mark May. George Stark was awesome, and Mark May was a very good football player too. The five of those guys were really, really good, really good. But uh, the collection of them, you know, their offensive line you're always trying to be, and this is, I think, what the Jaguars have been trying to accomplish. And 
And Phil Rauscher, the Jaguars' new offensive line coach this year, I like what the job that he's doing. I'm seeing progress on some players that I haven't seen progress in quite some time because offensive line play is about – and Baselli will back me up on this – it's about the sum of the parts as a, being greater with those, you know, as far as the, the individually guys. You know, so in other words, if you – took every individual player and added up a score, okay, put a score on each guy. Let's say each guy was only a five, okay? So their total score would be a 25. That's five times five, JP. That's math. Thank okay? you. I know you didn't take that class at Alabama. Okay. But you would like to have a group of five that maybe they grade out as fives individually, but when they play as a group, they grade out as in the 30s. So they play better as a group than they do as individuals. And that's what you're looking for with offensive line play, continuity and guys that play well together and that they play better as a group than they do as individuals. And that's what you're looking for. And so big challenge this week, though, right out of the gate. I don't think it gets any any stiffer, especially not on the inside with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. The, the saying, smart Alec, is the is whole is greater than the sum of Thank the parts. You. Thank you. I knew it was something like yeah. that. Genius from Virginia. <laughs> yeah, we didn't study cliches at UVA, <laughs> JP. Let's come back in a moment. The Jaguars <laughs> defensive front seven. Making we studied their... engineering and economics. and We studied championships all kinds in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I know that. Championships. Yeah, that's about all that Lots they, of, a lot of those you know, use of study. It's the Doug Peterson Show <laughs> on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Logman. The Doug Peterson Show. We heard from head coach Doug Peterson at the top of the program. Glad you're along with us. Week one, the Jaguars and the Washington Commanders coming up. A familiar face on the Washington offensive line, Andrew Norwell is the left guard. He was here the last four years with the Jags. He had come here in free agency. Good player. Good player. He had uh, one year here that was not, I think, where he wanted it to be. But uh, I think overall that was a good signing for the Jaguars. Good, consistent player that was available. From, I don't know how many games that he didn't hardly miss any games at yeah, all. I think he was out there a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but good for him. He's uh, he's got a good job and uh, in a starting lineup again. The uh, question is, is that you know if, if you if you let Brandon Norwell go, and then you bring Brandon Sheriff in. Andrew Norwell. I mean. Brandon Sheriff. Brandon Sheriff. Yes. Then what? are you winning that? Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's okay. Names All are All these names. Around. Week one. Yeah, week okay. one names are getting kind of sick. smelling salts. But Brandon Sheriff for, for Norwell, I'd take that all day long. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having both of those guys. <laughs> right. To be honest wouldn't with you. Wouldn't be bad. Was that overblown a lot, the, the Norwell criticism? from fans sometimes yeah I've said this before that the uh, and I think and when you have a free agent acquisition and there's big money attached to that signing then the expectations I think sometimes exceed what where the player was when you signed him as a free agent so in other words let's say you bring a guy in you overpay him in free agency which is what you do in free agency do you expect him to to exceed the level of play that he was at when you signed him. That's, that's unrealistic. And I think Norwell played at the level uh, 
that he did before when when you signed him. Now there was he had a phenomenal year in Carolina to where I don't think he allowed a sack. He was an all pro. It was an all pro and part of that was because of the the design of the offense and what they were doing, which this team wasn't performing like that on an offensive level, so it's kind of hard to ask a guy that really was best when he was run blocking and being a big mauler to now all of a sudden become a pass blocker the majority of the time. That's not what he was doing in Carolina when he made all pro. So it's not all his fault, but he had – look, he had – one year he had – because one year he had it was a, a tough year, and then he came back the following year, and he was fantastic. I thought he played really well. And last year he had a little bit of an up-and-down year. But it wasn't a bad year by any stretch of the imagination. I thought he might have been one of the most consistent parts of their offense last year. Offensive line, anyway. This is the debut, of course, for the Jaguars' defense in 2022. New look, new coordinator, a lot of new faces. And the front seven will be a focus. You know, Devon Hamilton, Roy Robertson, Harris, Foley fatakasi has been on the injury report this yeah, week. Stop, stop right there just for a second because, you know, we, we the, the popular thing is to talk about the offensive line. but but one of the parts that really people are just kind of just glossing over is the defensive line in a lot of ways. How? You know, everybody wants to talk about Josh Allen and and the pass rush that the Jaguars are going to be able to roll out there with Trayvon and Devin Lloyd maybe and some sub-situations. And, okay, yeah, we've got Arden Key, which did a little thing for Jaguar social media on Arden Key, which I think he's going to add a lot to this to this defense but there's question marks uh, because, you know, the reality is in order to rush the passer, you got to stop the run. And if you don't stop the run at an effective level, it's, it's, it's damn near impossible to play good defense. And it's damn near impossible to rush the passer effectively if you're allowing teams to run the ball on first down with great success and then it's not putting you in the favorable down and distances that you would like. So Devon Hamilton, I think, is a big key. He Fadakasi is a key, obviously, with mm-hmm. uh, with the injury. You know, is he going to be back 100? percent And I, he's been uh, really good in the past. He's really stout. Devon Hamilton last year had a monster preseason. We were like, wow, this guy is tremendous. And then the season rolled around. And it was like, eh. Well, you know what? Eh, ain't going to work. Not if you want to play defense like you want to play here. So Devon Hamilton's got to elevate his level of play, and if he elevates his level of play, do you have any idea how much better it will be for Lucan and also for Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma if Devon Hamilton is playing well? I really believe that that's one of the keys that nobody's talking about. Devon Hamilton with this defense is Devon Hamilton. Your your big nose tackle. I mean, you go back to you go back to the Pittsburgh Steelers when. When they were in their heyday, and when I'm not talking back in the 70s, I'm talking recent heydays when yep. they were winning Super Bowls recently, and they had one of the best nose tackles in the game. And if you have a great nose tackle, it makes the job of a middle linebacker a lot easier. You go back to the John Henderson and the Marcus Stroud days when they were combining in the middle here, and although that was a 4-3, you're still running a lot of 4-3 concepts with this football team and with the personnel that you have. I always call those guys two-gap defenders or three-gap defensive tackles. They made the job of the linebackers incredibly easier. You're talking about Casey Hampton, Steelers. Casey Hampton was good. 
Yeah. Uh, right. He was there for a, about, what, 10, 12 years? Yeah, he was there for a long time, and that's always been yeah. some of the – Five pro, pro Bowls. Yeah, really good player. I yeah. mean, when you talk about a guy that's just immovable, yeah. I mean, he just didn't go anywhere. And, uh, Six one three twenty five. And one, one of the reasons why <laughs> right. that those inside linebackers were able to look so good is because he was just he was a beast. And Devon Hamilton, he he has the measurables now. I mean, look at the guy. It's like six foot four. Yeah, three hundred and thirty five pounds. And it's not like and it's, he ain't fat. That's not fat guy. No, he ain't no, fat. No, no. I mean, he's three hundred thirty five pounds, and and he's got a shape to him. You know, not JP shape, yeah. but you know, like a like a he's in shape shape. Like I always say, my two fifty five is much different than their two fifty five. Let's come back in a moment. Uh, we're gonna pick some players to watch Sunday. I got a whole list. Yeah, we just need a couple. I you know, maybe we don't have time for a couple. There's there's so much curiosity with this football team in my mind about how things will look, how people will play, how will they roll things out. It's endless, JP. It's endless. That's why they play the game is to satisfy my own curiosity. This show is not endless, though. We're back in a moment. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back to the Doug Peterson Show. No fees, no problem. Say big when you purchase your tickets for our 2022 home opener against the Colts September 18th. This deal won't last long, so don't miss out. Get your fee-free tickets today. That's next week, week two. The Colts come calling. The only home game in the first four weeks for the Jaguars, so uh, you better get to the bank. And the Jaguars this week, of course, are in Washington, Landover, Maryland, just northeast of D.C. And I was just looking at the uh, graphic picture of the No Fees promo. Yes. And Shaq Griffin better make sure that his uniform gets fixed before game day. How so? His uniform code violation. You see how his pants are like way above the knees. <laughs> are you turning him in right now on the show? Is that what you're doing? I'm just saying, look, I, I, <laughs> Shaq likes to keep his money, make sure that he gets that <laughs> – Gets that knee covered with uniform his, uh, game police, day pants. Uniform police will come calling, I guess. Well, they do. They actually they will take money out of your pocket. First fine is a standard amount, and then after that it, it doubles and it gets worse. So, I mean, like, I don't want to give – I mean, if you're Shaq, you don't want to give money away. Good call. Yeah. Thanks anyway. for looking out, he says. Um, so, uh, players to watch. Yes, you could watch everybody. There's a lot of new around here. But give me one or two guys you're really excited to see finally on Sunday. Oh, well, first of all, a lot of attention is going to go on Trevor Lawrence. I mean, just because he's, qu- he's a quarterback. Yes. And is he going to take the the next step in his uh, progression of playing quarterback? Are we going to see some of the things that we saw in the preseason where he, he had slower starts? You, know, you don't want to have that in a regular season game. You know, can he – have better eyes? Can he get through his progressions faster? Can the accuracy and the consistency be there? The decision making, all these things that are are the requirements of playing quarterback, and it's a lot easier for everyone else to do their job on offense when the quarterback is executing the offense at a high level. And I'm not trying to be critical and say that it's all on Trevor. It's not. I mean, there's guys that are around Trevor that have to do their parts. But a lot of it, like, for example, 
Christian Kirk can't throw the ball to himself so that he can be a playmaker with the ball in his hands. The quarterback has to deliver it. The protection has to be there as well. Defensively, what will they look like with Mike Caldwell leading the way? What will Jamal Agnew do, not only as a returner, but as maybe this X factor with the offense, or yeah. or is he not going to be an X factor? Right. Do they hold that card for later or whatever? How hey. many targets will Christian Kirk get mm. in a game? Because I think he's going to. I mean, last year he had like seventy-seven catches. I think he could probably get close to a hundred this year. I really believe that. How will James Robinson look? How will Etienne? How will they complement each other? How will Trayvon? Look, as a pass rusher, the first overall pick in the draft, because, you know, the reality is the comparisons with Aiden Hutchinson, they're going to be there. And it's not, again, it's not a week-to-week competition, but there will be many people out there that follow that and look at that and see if the Jaguars made the right decision. And I think Trayvon Walker's an awesome guy. I think he's a heck of a football player. I mean, a hell of a football player. I can't wait to see him in a game. When I mean like a game for full-on game to where he's unleashing power for 60 minutes. Josh Allen. What will Josh Allen – by the way, Josh Allen tonight. Oh, yeah, that's right. All access. All access. Me, Brent Martineau, Josh Allen, and Trayvon Walker. Wow. Wow. Looking forward to it. What a quartet. You think it'll be a little defensive end heavy-ish kind of a show? <laughs> I would say. Everybody but um... – Martino. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll let Martino be the uh, the offensive tackle look yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I like that idea. <laughs> I was going to say dummy, but Brent's not a dummy. <laughs> you know, Brent's a good dude. So looking forward to doing the show with him and and Josh all year because Josh is going to be uh, our co-host this year. So that's that's cool. That's at Strings Brewery in Jacksonville, yeah. in Springfield. That's right. That's at seven o'clock. Yeah, seven o'clock. Yeah, good. Seven o'clock. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing how things kind of come from full, full circle because years ago when we were doing this uh, at a different location, we had Calais Campbell as the co-host, and then we had a young Josh Allen on the show mm-hmm. <laughs> that Calais kind of grabbed, you know, and said, "Come on, young man, you're going to do my TV show." Well, tonight we have Josh going to the young man Trayvon Walker. Come on, young man, you're going to come do my TV show. It's cool. You know, it's, it's amazing. Josh has become that leader, and I, and I hope that Josh has an amazing year. You know, he's on uh, a year in which this is a big year for him from a contract standpoint. And he had a, a solid year last year, seven and a half sacks. But uh, I can't wait to see what his next step is. When we return, our final thoughts ahead of week one. It's the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back. The final moments of the Doug Peterson Show. Week one, the Jaguars and the Washington Commanders coming up. Uh, J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. We obviously have a lot of people uh, here in Jacksonville, around the states that follow the Jaguars that follow this show, but internationally as well. The Jaguars have a presence in the U.K. They've played a game there every year for about eight years, and uh, they'll go there again in late October. So uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention the passing of Queen Elizabeth II today, and our our thoughts are with uh, Britons all over the world who uh, mourn 
the loss of the queen today, 96 years of age, and uh, her son, King Charles III, King ascends Charles. to the throne automatically. Yeah, today. how about that? King Charles, which yeah. was Prince Charles, married to Lady Diana That's for right. years, and then uh, she passed, and he's remarried. Yeah, it's uh, 96, though. You know what, JP? If somebody came up to me and said, hey, look, would you take 96? I'd take 96. In a heartbeat. Yeah, buddy. Right. Mm-hmm. Went to the throne in 1952. That's amazing. Until today. Amazing. All right. Um, Thursday night football tonight. Bills and who are they playing? The Rams. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> who are they playing? Bills and the Rams. Who you like? JP. I mean, oh, yeah. between my name switching and you don't even know the NFL schedule. Come on. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, and this is the thing. This is uh, this is on the streaming platform of Amazon, and so there's a big curiosity as to how that will play out. You know, how popular will it be? What will the ratings be? How many eyeballs will be on Amazon? I can tell you, my eyeballs will be on Amazon tonight. I've got Amazon Prime. Do you got Amazon Prime? No. So you won't see it. Probably not. That's too bad. Unless I go to strings. Unless you go to strings. <laughs> Come on, on by, JP. I'll see you there. Uh, thanks to our whole You can two. buy me a beer. <laughs> That's Jeff Lagerman. I'm JP Shadrick. Thank you for listening and watching. This is the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.